Hey, welcome to Monday Night Therapy <laughs> with John and Todd. Uh, we're back again this Monday. I, I bet uh, there are a bunch of you sons of bitches didn't think we'd show up, didn't you? Probably you <laughs> Colorado people that are already showing up in the comments. With, with this, early on before the show even starts, lock him up. Put the watch in their face, baby. <sighs> okay. It, what is there to talk about, Todd? Uh, the volleyball team is still the fourth-ranked volleyball team in the country. Um, I'll tell you what, I was – they absolutely looked awesome against Long Beach State. Did you watch that game? I did not watch that game. Oh, my God. I'll tell you what, this freshman group of volleyball players is just absolutely outstanding. Um, you know, I think – that they've kind of hit it right where the guy, I don't know, out there said, maybe what Nebraska needs to do is scrap the football program, put a roof over Memorial Stadium so that we can have bigger crowds show up for volleyball. Oh, my God. Is well, that where hey, we want to go? It's to, Are we ready to just scrap the program? Oh, fuck no. No, it's two <laughs> games. It's two games. It is two games. It is two, two games. games. Two that were hard to lose. I just walked over Both before them. this to my neighbor. I, I walked over to my neighbor's house. His son of a bitch is a Minnesota Gopher fans. And he said, sorry about your Cornhuskers. And I said, fuck you. No, you're not. Son of a bitch. And he gave me that shitty grin. And then, you know, them bastards from with the mountains. And you know what, Todd? You know what, Todd? I came to the conclusion that Colorado did not beat us. Oh, they that beat Nebraska, us. Nebraska beat us. They didn't do anything. We gave them almost all their points. And by the time that our Nebraska team was still trying to play football, the defense was getting worn out on the field. And then Colorado got to run over us because, uh, you know, they were exhausted and our offense couldn't do a damn thing because our offense is just – we got problems. We got major problems with the offense. And um, – but, you, you know, you play the game and and – I understand. I was as frustrated as the next guy. Um, we, we have a, a, a portal transfer playing quarterback that yep. has he's he's got to be leading the country in turnovers. And, uh, you know, for, on every one of his turnovers, at least in the first half, um, Colorado scored. So, I mean, yeah, John, it's easy to say that we gave the game to Colorado. No question. Yeah, but. As and and you know, you can we can sit back and we can say that the defense got tired too. I don't know the way that Colorado started clicking in the second half, the way they started playing, the way they start they you know exploited us, our team, and uh, you know, they started firing on all cylinders. And uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know that we would have beat them, you know, if we got rid of the the um, the turnover. Oh my god. Oh my god, you're just look at this. Look at this. David Wee says, I didn't think that Todd guy would show up as wrong as he was. Do you know why that is, David? Is because you're not as big a man as Todd is, you son of a bitch. That's exactly what the deal is there. We show up anyway because we're gonna stand for our program and all kinds of weather and stick together dumb fucking shit like that. There you go. So David, he's here. Yeah, I would have missed it. I would have missed it. You know, the thing about it is, is that um, I, 
I still am convinced that Nebraska has a good football team. Um, you are? They, yeah, I am. Okay. Urban Meyer is. Urban Meyer says this is a good football team. Um, it's a football team that continues to shoot itself in the foot. Right. And, you know, I, I think the most frustrating thing to me is while there are some improvements, I mean, shoot, we've got the number eight ranked defense in the country. Uh, our defense leads the country in sacks. Take yep. that, Colorado. Um, you know, so we're, we're playing really, really well on that part of the field. Special teams have been fine. We're just they haven't been embarrassing. No, they've been fine. Yeah. And, but you know, the offense, the, the offense can't get out of its own way. And until they can figure that out, I, I'm, I'm afraid it's going to be frustrating. Um, and, and there's all kinds of fingers being pointed. I, mean, I, did a, I did a video in my bathroom in the second game of the season when my goal was to never do another video in my bathroom, Todd. I know. We all make choices, don't we? Well, and, and you know, I mean, there's other factors at play, and I think we need to acknowledge that. I mean, Linda hasn't helped us out. Um, you know, Linda Wilkins that- says – Linda Wilkins says, hey, I just want you to know that I have worn my man-killing Mastodon's t-shirt twice, and we are 0-2. What is up with that? The man-killing Mastodon's t-shirts are for the off-season. They're a fashion statement <laughs> for the off-season. That's your disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. If you want something for the season, you got to get something with Cobby on it. You know, the mascot, the corn guy. I love you, Linda. I do. But uh, that's my statement, and I'm going with it. Branson Chab gives us a super back, super chat, and he says there's a bowl game still in sight. Todd? It takes six wins to get to a bowl game. Out of ten more games. We have ten more games. Yes. And, you know, I, I'm not going to count Nebraska out of a bowl game until they have seven losses. I, right. You know, it, eight. Well, if we have seven, we can't win six. No, but we can go five and seven. You know how many? Oh, you don't accept bull bits. Yes, you do. You do when you're No, you don't. It's three extra weeks of practice. Oh, Jesus. You want to be the stand-up guy. I want to be kind of a... I want to be Deion Sanders, goddammit. I want to make shit up. I want to come up with, oh, I was extremely disrespected when nobody disrespected his ass at all. And then I want to be his son who goes up and flashes his expensive watch in people's face when he thinks they're actually standing on the buffalo because they're being disrespectful when all they were doing was praying. This is about as dumb as shit gets. And then somebody says, well, they tried to hit us. With the punt. Did you see our punters during the game? My God. It, this, 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 I listen. We all know that this is part of a scheme or part of a thing that people do. But my problem with it is, is they did this to Matt Rule. And I think we can all agree. I don't know. Maybe bus fans won't. But I think we can agree that <clears throat> Matt Rule has been a pretty stand up guy. In fact, his press conference today, he said, uh, I have never disrespected opponent in my life, and I have no plans to. And gee whiz, like, look at this. 
Does does Dion look disrespected here? No, he doesn't. He looks happy. He's getting a hug well, from could, the opposing coach. What, what that could be want- tongue in the ear. <laughs> it, it, it could be a tongue in the ear, Todd. It could, I guess some people make that face when they get a tongue in their ear. <laughs> you could be right about that. I, you know, never thought and, of it that way, but you know, that's why I have you here. You know, there is there there is, you know, I guess a way to motivate where you create a false narrative. Yeah. You know, it it isn't enough that, you know, it's Colorado, Nebraska. And, you know, early on after Colorado won the week before, you know, you heard a little bit coming out about, you know, yes, we know it's a big game with uh, Nebraska. And, you know, Dion says, no, we're not going to wear red, you know, kind of buying into, you know, some aspects of the rivalry, acknowledging that it's it's a big game. But then, you know, Deion Sanders is he's an attention hawk. Dion, yeah. for his entire public career, has always tried to make it about him. And yes. you know, so he had to figure out a way to make it about him. And so he creates this false narrative. First, you heard Dion talking about um, it's personal. Well, what's personal? Comments that Coach Matt Rule made this summer when he was asked about building programs, and he said, in essence, you can build a program by gutting the one that you have, tearing it all down, which is what Dion did, and we'll talk more about that. Or you can build for the long term. And what you had, folks, is you had two prime examples of coaches taking a different approach approach to restoring a program. And one certainly is paying, you know, short-term benefits. And there are a lot of people, I read a lot of Nebraska fans, you know, why didn't we do this? Why didn't Matt Rule completely, you know, clean house? Why didn't Trev hire a coach that would do the same thing that Dion did? Yeah. Well, I got news for you. Dion Sanders is one of what? two, three, maybe coaches out there that could completely tear a program down and recruit the kind of people. I mean, you look at the kind of athletes that Deion Sanders has been able to recruit at Colorado. There aren't other coaches out there that can do that. Maybe one or two others. Where's (sighs) Deion Sanders going to be in two, three years? Is he going to be at Colorado? I mean, you know, that's all hypothetical. The way I've been asking people, because I can't find it myself, Deion Sanders has coached his kids ever since they were old enough to put on a football helmet. I'm not sure that Shadur Sanders has ever played football for another head coach. There's going to be five or six NFL jobs open next year. Both of his sons. One son, his eligibility is done. Shiloh's eligibility is done. Shadur can go. You tell me. Okay, we're going to take some comments. Uh, you guys could comment on Todd's comments, and then there will be a comment exception. 
Okay, forget it. Samuel Smith, John, quick question. If Nebraska is so good, why don't you live there? Because I left in 1987 when I graduated from the University of Nebraska, and there was a huge lack of jobs in uh, in Nebraska. And there are two other reasons why I don't live in Nebraska, and that is because uh, part of my family's there. <laughs> and so I moved to Minnesota years ago because it was one state in the nation I'd been to that I liked that nobody in my family lives here. Okay. And the other bonus is nobody in my wife's family lives here either. And uh, I love these people. I do. I, if you remember the movie, the musical Fiddler on the roof, there's a part where the, one of the villagers asked the rabbi rabbi, is there a prayer for the czar? And the rabbi responds by saying, may God bless and keep the czar far away from us. And that's how I feel about my family. And I love them dearly, but over there and, and not all of us together at one time, because everybody's like me and my God, that's hard to take on every time we get to. Okay. Uh, that, that was a long explanation. John, I want you to respond to this one. Jeff Kirschenberger says, should never expect a first year coach to be two and oh, never, ever. Well, I, I think if you were playing some of the other teams that some of the schools have played, you know what I mean? I mean, uh, Penn State has played what? Delaware? And who'd they play the first week? I don't know. I, I, you know, I mean, you... if you, I mean, who, who did, I'm not thinking of them off the top of my head, but I, yeah, Minnesota's played us and then they played Eastern Michigan. Most of these teams are playing, you know, their preseason schedule, which any more non-conference schedules are pretty crappy. Uh, but I think the expectation is correct, especially when you're having to take a program that's been driven so far into the ground and try to, uh, you know, try to build off that. Uh, Roger Moore says, as soon as Dion leaves, so will the Colorado program. I think that, you know what, if Dion Sanders, you know, what, if Dion Sanders can do anything with Colorado, I mean, look at how miserable they've been. I did that interview with Jack Barsh the other night, and one of the things he pointed out was, they had like one coach in 25 years who was actually hired away and not fired. And that guy is now suspended and fired at Michigan state. So, you know, if, if Deion Sanders does anything at Colorado, maybe it'll show uh, that Colorado can actually have an athletic department and have success and have something fun. Listen, I don't hate Colorado so much that I, I wish them like, I don't know, everybody to have sores all over their body or something like some old Testament biblical plagues on them. So yeah, I think they'll be better off with Deion Sanders, no matter what. Well, uh, and I want to go back, stay right there though. I, you know, and, and I, I'm going to kind of talk out of both sides of my mouth. You know, my question is, which I posed earlier is how long will Deion Sanders be there? But you know, the reality is if Deion Sanders chooses to hang around Colorado he could build. He could build an incredibly strong program at Colorado. Um, young men are attracted to that brash, yeah. trash talking uh, type of culture, and I don't know that there's anybody that can out recruit Deion Sanders. I really don't. You think about what he was able to do at Jackson State. He pulled in the number one recruit in the country to an FCS program. Was that Travis Hunter at the time? That was Travis Hunter. Okay. So well, I, think about that one. 
uh, you know, plus we don't always need to take shots at the Buffs fans. Uh, our community will do that for us. Fred Sacco with the super chat. Buffs fans equal Homer Simpson when he met Sting. I'm your biggest fan. I've recorded all your songs off the radio. You are a popcorn fart. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you watching the comments? Because there's a lot of them. I, I'm, I'm having a hard time. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm old, you know, I, Oh, you're not that old. Just stop it with the old stuff. Kendall Ellington says cry babies are crying up a storm. I assume that's well, probably me. Yes. Okay. Well, there you go. Kendall, you got your comment in there. You did. You, 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 uh, let's see. Nadia, who was here last week, we might as well show hers. Nadia price says Nebraska is done. Face it. Nadia, Nebraska has not yet begun. That's, that's the, uh, that that's was the, good. Yeah, it that's rhymes. the answer to that. I could sing the Carpenter's song, but nobody wants to hear that. Adam Martin, Satterfield taking lots of heat. What's he really supposed to call with the lack of playmakers? <clears throat> you know, this is kind of an interesting one because we heard a lot and saw a lot on Twitter after the game from South Carolina fans where, you know, Satterfield was the coordinator there last year. You know, I, I, I think the sample size is a little, little light right now to, you know, make vast judgments on, on Satterfield. I'll tell you, I'll tell you something I saw that I really didn't like. And that was in the Minnesota game with seven minutes to go in the game. And he called three consecutive pass plays. Uh, You know, I, I, I didn't understand that. I mean, you know, you recognize that you have to, you know, have a running game. Um, you know, to uh, time of possession is important right now for this football team. And, and I really didn't understand that. But, you know, I don't what, – what did Satterfield do wrong Saturday out of Colorado? What, what aspect of – the offense of his play calling was so bad at Colorado. Yeah. Mm, I, I don't think that I, the problem was the plays, the execution of the plays. And I think, you know, Jeff Sims, I think, you know, the, the Jeff Sims calling for the hike when the motion man is coming across was the That's one that Jeff really Sims. got me. That just like, Oh God, what you, I mean, Two times we were going down and we were going to score potentially. And he threw those away. You know, he botched them. And it, it's just. <sighs> well, you know, and people were saying, then put him under center. Well, yeah, you could put him under center. But how much of that had you worked on, you know, the week, that week? Um you know, how much of that under center was, was in the game plan. So, you know, I, I don't know that Marcus Satterfield in this case, I don't think that he's the one that we should be pointing fingers at, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh my God. There's a lot of these. Uh, Okay. Caleb Ward says he tried to do a super chat, but it wouldn't work. And he said, please read mine. I assume this is it. Colorado fans are like roaches. There's not a good about them. They scatter when the lights come on and they could probably live for an extended period without their head. 
That's pretty good. That is good. That was very good, Caleb. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't read that one. Uh, Caleb, Tim says, do you think Nebraska would be better off going with an actual recruit for the quarterback position, not the transfer portal? I mean, the last good quarterback we had, in my opinion, was Taylor Martinez. Well, you know what? We'll probably find out next year when uh, – oh, come on. Danny Kalen shows up. Danny Kalen. Along with uh, – what is it? Three rec- two receivers out of – Yeah. Bellevue? Bellevue West. I don't remember my Nebraska high school. And, and they, ha- they have a losing record so far this season. <laughs> uh, okay. Branson Chubb, another super chat. Michigan State is screwed. <sighs> Yeah, say about this, I, I, you know, um, well, first of all, Brenda Tracy should be familiar to Nebraska fans. Yeah. Um, you know, back in the first year of, of Mike Riley's regime, she actually came to campus. Um, she was a rape victim, uh, became an advocate um, and her experience. uh being a target of rape was uh, with some Oregon state players uh, while Mike Riley was the coach. And, um, you know, that was something that I would, that really impressed me about Mike Riley uh, bringing her here. And uh, so, you know, she's been all over the country advocating for title nine rights and rights of women. And, you know, I don't know. I, stupid is a stupid does. That it was, you know, that's going to cost that guy $80 million and then he's going to get a divorce and there goes the rest of his money. It's unbelievably dumb thing to do. And I see where he's doubling down in public now that the relationship was consensual. And I guess I'm not sure what you do with that, but well, uh, he's Michigan, gonna... you know what? I, I think to Branson's point, uh, Michigan State is kind of screwed. Uh, you know, wait, you know what? Michigan State, let's take a different perspective on this. Michigan State might be better off than they were before because they had an $80 million contract with Mel Tucker, and Mel Tucker was not, wasn't, wasn't really showing much progress. So, you know, they might have saved themselves $80 million because the man's an idiot, and uh, they can go get a different coach. Maybe they can hire Deion Sanders. Uh, he won't go there. <laughs> Why? Why? Why would no he go mountains? to Michigan State? Because there's no mountains. He's sick of the mountains already. <laughs> Andrew Barlow, Super Chat. Why do you think Nebraska has such a problem with getting a quarterback that has way decent? It seems like a curse on Nebraska. Well, Andrew, let me ask this question. I'll be one of those annoying people that answers a question with a question. Do you think that the Nebraska is prepared to pay $5 million a year for a quarterback? Because I can tell you Jeff Sims is not making that much money. And if you're not willing to pay like between two and $5 million a year for a quarterback, you're probably not going to get in the top five. And that's the reality of the situation. So where are you going to get the, you know, what's going to happen here? This is a new world we're in and uh, you're pretty much going to have to start buying a lot of your players unless you're Deion Sanders and you have the, uh, what do you, cachet. Is that the right word, Todd? He has there cachet. You go. I like that. Yeah. yeah, he has he has the cachet to bring players because they want to, you know, they want to be part of that. I don't know the whole, you know, fluffy, poofy well, thing. I don't know what to say. Let's 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 think about Nebraska quarterbacks here a little bit. 
you know, I saw it come in earlier, and I'm sorry I don't I didn't mark who who had it, but uh, one of our one of you out there mentioned Taylor Martinez was the last good quarterback we had. Now, I've, I'm going to be really careful here because I was not a fan of Taylor Martinez. Yes, he set a lot of records, no question about it. But a bigger question is, you know, I, and I understand Adrian Martinez uh, was a fairly highly rated quarterback when when he came to Nebraska. Um, arguably, you know, we could say that he wasn't used well. Um, you might be able to make that argument. But, you know, in my opinion, Nebraska has only truly had one premier quarterback coming out of high school that everybody else in the country wanted or the top teams in the country wanted. And that was Tommy Frazier. And that's been a long time ago. Oh, my God. You put it like you know, that, Todd, it hurts. Well, I'm, I'm just – You I'm could have softened honest. that up on the delivery there. But when you think about it, that's pretty much the case. Nebraska has had some good quarterbacks because – when they were rolling, you needed a quarterback that could fit into the system. You know, they always talk about right. system quarterbacks. Yeah. And Nebraska was able to find those guys that could fit into the system. Well, right now, we've had so much turnover and so many changes. What kind of quarterback is it that we want? Dylan Rayola. He'll be here in a couple of years. <laughs> Caleb Ward, Super Chat. New Nebraska fans might live in the 90s, but at least we haven't been hiding since then. I don't know if we do live in the 90s. I think there are quite a few that do. Is there? Yeah, I think so. Why do you think that, Todd? Well, because, you know, it's uh, the, the expectation that um, we, we ought to be able to just do it now, do it like we used to, you know? And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting fan base right now because I think you have some of those folks. We also have a whole generation of fans, you know, that have never seen this team be a oh. successful team. Yeah. And, and their patience has run out. I mean, patience has run out from those people who are living in the 90s. And patience is running out from younger generation because they haven't been able to experience the thing that the people in the nineties got to experience that they have all heard about, you know? Yeah. David Manny super chat after these two losses, what do you think our chances are of going bowling? Todd? Well, I think have we still ahead? have a chance. <laughs> there are 10 games remaining. We have to win six. Now John claims we can get in on five. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, until we have a total of seven losses, I'm still going to maintain that we can get to a bowl game. Um, and, you know, John's been on this a lot closer than I have. Been. I, I actually watched quite a bit of football this weekend. Um, but, you know, John stays with this stuff really well throughout the season. Uh, the Big Ten West. Oh, God. Isn't, isn't looking no. like like uh, you know a murderer's row, no. so to speak. Um, if you'd have watched Iowa play against Iowa State, um, 
that wasn't uh, that was not an outstanding display by Iowa. Wisconsin got beat. I watched part of that game. Uh, we should have beaten Minnesota. Yeah. Illinois apparently isn't the Illinois of the last of last year. So I'm not I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not giving up hope. Put it this way, David. If our offense doesn't have to score 40 points a game, our offense has to score what Brian Fran that just completely went to hell. Brian Ferentz scores. Well, his target. If we can score 25 points a game, we're gonna go bowling. If we can't figure out how to score 25 points a game, we're not going bowling. That's I think that's really as simple as it is. If they can come up with a way to put points on the board with this offense, and realistically with Jeff Sims leading it, because Matt Rule said today he's still the starting quarterback, then, you know, I think that, I mean, look at the mess our schedule is. Michigan State now is, you know, without a coach, kind of derailed. Northwestern has destroyed their program. Uh, Purdue doesn't look as horrible as I thought they were. Uh, Illinois' defense without, Ryan Walters, who went to Purdue, they're just – they're not good, at least right now. But these, again, if we're going to say it's only been two games for us, it's only been two games for them too. So, you know, things might change as we move on through the season. Fred Sacco, God, you make me nervous, Fred. CU fans are more nervous about the Oregon game than anyone Mel Tucker calls to play whack-a-mole. Okay, then. <clears throat> they probably are. Uh, Colorado has Colorado state this weekend and they're pretty Colorado state is not very good. So they are probably going to win that game, Colorado, and still be part of the mass giant media story that they are corn more corn born Mike. Hey fellas, what do you think we should do now? Keep Jeff Sims and establish the offense. Satterfield wants to run for the future or change the offense to adapt to the team we have and try to win now. Uh, honestly, I think that I think he wants to get Jeff Sims to adapt to the team we, we have now because we don't have any wide receivers that are really threats. And Malachi, Malachi, my Malachi. God, Malachi Coleman, uh, you know, he's obviously not there yet. So well, I think right now they are they are working with the team that we have, not the, the one that they want to have. Exactly. I think that I think in in a I think they're doing a couple of different things. I think that they're working with Jeff Sims to have a successful offense this year, but they're recruiting because if you look at the you know their top two quarterback targets, they are not the the multi-purpose, if you will, dual threat. I guess that's the term. They're not the dual threat type of quarterback. So I think that they're going to move towards a little bit different look in terms of the quarterback play. But I, I think for the, for the here and now, I think that they're doing what they can with the team that they have. Oh, keep going. My God, well, I'm trying to go through these comments. Well, here, you know, Todd, I disagree. This is from Blaine Cole. Todd, I disagree. It took 20 long years to get to the nineties. Yeah. Blaine, you and I are on the same page with that. I just didn't mention that. Um, you know, I, it, it took a hell of a long time and a lot of patience from Nebraska fans. And, you know, we don't need to rewrite that history. We don't need to, you know, retell the story. But do recall that one of the greatest football coaches in college football history was very close to leaving to go to where, John? 
Where did he almost go, Coach? Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> Fucker. He was he was in Colorado. Yeah, Todd, we don't have to go through this. I and know. it didn't take twenty. You know what? It took, it might have taken twenty years to get to the nineties, but it didn't take twenty years for him to be incredibly competitive. Well, and uh, there's some truth to that too. I mean, we're talking on two different levels. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, okay, good. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> uh, wait, Travis Adair, super chat. Uh, would Nebraska fire Matt Rule if he goes zero and twelve? No, no. I don't think he's going to go zero and twelve. Number one, but I, I, you know, I, you can't listen. Who was the coach at Southern Miss about uh, probably a decade ago, and he went zero and twelve. But the problem that he had was he didn't. He completely lost his team. There was nobody playing for anything. I just, you know, Matt Rule said today he's going to do his things his way. It takes longer than Deion Sanders does, and that's just how things are going to go. And uh, so, no. And uh, he, if he goes 0-12 and, and there are egregious problems with how he does it or problems that are behind the scenes and stuff like that, then there's a pop- possibility. But, uh, you know, here's the thing that I, I want to bring up, and I'm this is this is uh, hit this thing. When that other guy was here that we fired, just that last guy that we fired, all of us said we can't keep firing coaches and expect to get anywhere. That narrative has been completely shat out the window. So now there's these people out there going, well, the fire that Satterfield guy. They didn't fire that rule guy. They need a burger. I'm not saying you, Travis, but good God, what happened to the we can't keep firing coaches, you know? Don Collins says that's ridiculous. There have been some very good Nebraska quarterbacks beyond Tommy Frazier. That's what um, I thought, Todd. Okay. Well, let me just ask this question. Since Tommy Frazier, how many first team all conference quarterbacks has Nebraska had? Yes, they had a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. Okay. Outside of him, uh, Eric Crouch. Oh, that was no, him. Eric. Yeah, he was him. That was him. Oh, Zach Lee. <laughs> what about that one guy that's a coach in the NFL now? Zach Taylor? Yeah. I don't believe he was an all – I don't think he was all – Well, he wasn't, but I think he was a pretty decent quarterback. Yeah, pretty decent. just hamstrung. You but, know, you can't have good quarterbacks with shitty coaching staffs, Todd, and we've kind of, you know, gone through I'm our not, share here. I'm not arguing. I was just okay. trying, trying to make – we we can move on. Uh, Wade Farr says, why, why why did Nebraska whiff when trying to tackle so much, and where is our meanness to poisoning players? I mean, helping them up, laying off instead of smashing and crushing the other team. Wade, I don't think there was a lot of whiffing going on until the I think second Nebraska half. Nebraska tackled really well. Yeah, they did tackle pretty well. I think that's yeah, something let, that's much improved. But, you know, here's the thing. Nebraska has kept rushing to an amazingly low level, 1.8 yards per carry through two games. I think they're tackling way better than they have in years. Uh, meanness to opposing players, I think you saw a couple of those things. But uh, the linemen, you know, if, you get, if your quarterback gets hit, you need to go hit a guy and kill him. <laughs> but uh, laying off instead of smashing and crushing the other team. I don't know. You saw that sequence that well, Fox uh, foot, or Fox Sports has put out of who was it? Borkerter blocking Travis Hunter, and Travis Hunter tears his helmet off. 
I think that's that's kind of what we want to see. And you saw it. You just here's the thing. You have eleven guys on a side, right? On offense and defense. And if one of those guys is out of position or they're they're reaching or they're, you know, they're not doing the right thing or taking bad angles, though they don't know the call, either on offense or defense, you're not going to be that successful. So trying to get 11 guys to do the same thing, you know, roll the boat the same direction, Todd, ouch. Well, that's, that's hard to do in the course of a a very short time. Ben Scott plays with an edge and there were a couple of different times where he was fortunate that he didn't get the flag. In fact, on at least one play, the Colorado player got the flag because he reacted. Ben Scott was out there protecting, protecting his quarterback. And so we do have a few of those guys, but no, we don't have the nasty that uh, you, you, you want to see. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I think we have more of it, but it's not there yet. Okay. We're trying to keep, we're trying to keep up with the comments. Uh, uh, Linnea says she's sick of all this coddling Linnea in Nebraska. She's the only one. Bless you, Linnea. I am sick of all this coddling to Sims because they don't want him to lose his confidence. Well, he might be that far ahead of the other two that they kind of depended upon him to actually win games this year. So I I don't just here's the thing. We had a we had some arguing going on in Slack about how Anthony Grant fumbled and he's not playing. Jeff Sins has had 83 fumbles in two games and he's still playing. And Brian Johannes, one of our guys that does the NFL stuff, uh, Huskers in the NFL on coordination.com said quarterbacks are always held to different standards. And he's right about that. So if that's part of it, uh, there you go. Well, you uh, know, the, the thing about that too is, is, you know, even the announcers in the game uh, made some pretty blunt statements you usually don't hear him make, but you know, yeah. uh, Gus, Gus Johnson even said that, you know, he said point blank that Jeff Sims is costing Nebraska this football game. And, you know, uh, Joel Klatt was saying before the end of the first half that for the sake of the team and for the sake of Jeff Sims, he needs to be pulled. And, you know, when I, the form that, you know, the, I guess the thread that I was on, I thought they should have pulled him after that that last turnover, that interception in the first. Well, they should have pulled him after the fumble before he threw the interception. And I guess the point is, is that Jeff Sims is a competitor, okay? He competes. His confidence is, is low. But what do competitors do? They tend to try too damn hard. And another mistake was just going to happen. Jeff Sims didn't quit. He kept playing hard, and he just continued to compound his mistakes. My opinion, they should have put him on the bench before that last interception and just go conservative with the offense and get your butt to the locker room for halftime. Caleb Ward, Super Chat, which is worse, playing a quarterback not to hurt his confidence, to not hurt his confidence, or playing a quarterback despite it destroying the confidence of the team? Todd? That's that's a million-dollar question right it there. It is. And, and you know, I, I think – To get it, it answered, do you have to give us a million-dollar Super Chat? 
<laughs> I guess I just I I think that at that point in time, you know, you you stuck with him. But when his yeah. performance is costing the team, I think you got to defer to the team. Yeah, and I you work on his confidence off the field. You know, you just you know, maybe you maybe you get him to calm down and try to focus and whatnot, and you give him a start in the second half. But you could you could just feel it was going to come. It wasn't going to get any better there in the first half. Okay, go oh, I lost it. Uh, Travis Adair with Super Chat. You guys really think Scott Frost was as bad as C? What? I'm sorry. You guys really think Scott Frost was bad? He made me say his name. See Chad Morris, Arkansas, on the ESPN highlights for all the wrong reasons we got you beat. Do you remember Chad Morris, Todd? I remember Chad Morris. Uh, was he as bad as Travis says he was? Uh, Chad Morris was not good. <laughs> uh, Andrew Barlow, Super Chad, how many years of Jeff Sims is he eligible for? I think Jeff Sims is eligible for his entire life for himself. Ha, ha, ha. I had to shoot that one in there. Jeff Sims is, uh, let's see, what is he? He's got two years left, I believe. And he might, he was, I believe he played as a red, as a freshman, so he may have a red shirt year. But he has this year and next year, it's still eligible at Nebraska. And, you know, if, honestly, if it isn't vastly improved, I mean, we do have Danny Kalen is probably the big ones, the big one coming in next year. And uh, I wouldn't think that we're going to go through three years of this because, well, unless he's he's reached Heisman level caliber. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go into the portal again for another year. If 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 Heinrich Harburg isn't ready to step up and start. I, it would not surprise me. I still think they should do that package thing where they bring Harburg in for some, you know, for some possessions and the, he runs like options or he runs wildcat or he runs like a zone read inverted veer type stuff. Charles Hellett says, what was the deal with the kicker getting hit and no call? Not even a comment from the announcers. I don't think, I don't know if they even saw it because they didn't mention it. Wasn't he blocked into kind of, wasn't he kind of, didn't our guy kind of block the guy into? The I think kicker? he did. That's why the call was. Is that still a rule? Yes. Uh, okay. Here's here's one I think is important. Aaron Keene says ball security is football 101 from Pee Wee Leagues on up. Real question: Can anyone truly fix the proclivity for errors that Sims has shown after playing for so many years? I think that's uh, that's what that's what worries me, Aaron. I, you know, um, he we we knew what we were getting, and in the sample size that we have right now, uh, it doesn't look promising. Uh, Wade Farr, who was at fault for hiking the ball into the motion man twice? And there were two more that could have been. Uh, Jeff Sims has to wait for the motion man to get by the center before he calls for the ball. On that specific play that that happened. There may be plays where we hike the ball directly to a guy coming in motion. I mean, that's one of the reasons why you send that guy in motion there. But in that case, Jeff Sims should have let the motion guy get by. It's just, uh, I don't know what... 
I, I just say I, literally like a, I, you know, Adam character made the comment that I hate to, he said, I hate to say this, but Jeff Sims reminds me of some kids I coach in middle school. Yeah. And you know, that's what your brains can do. Yeah. I mean, if you're pressing or you're, you know, don't have confidence and things like that. David Matney says, how do we correct the false starts? Uh, you figure that one out, Dave, and you're going to be a head coach somewhere. Uh, geez, Louise. I, that was the one thing that I had really hoped we'd see turn around this year. I mean, again, Matt Rule talked about accountability, talked about disciplined play, talked about – I mean, and not only did he talk about it, but from what we heard during the offseason, you know, during spring ball – and throughout things, I mean, he had things in place to try to instill that and and uh, that whole accountability thing. I don't know, man. I'm I am so frustrated with that. Um, just nothing drives me nuts more than those false starts. I got it. Now it's getting hot in here. I got another one. I'll throw up here. Okay. Shay Blutarski says the worst thing I learned about Matt Rule this weekend is that he's a Kenny Chesney fan. Uh, I do take exception with that, Jay. I oh, I'm oh you're Kenny Chesney. I like Kenny Chesney a lot, but you know, I guess to each their own. I don't listen to country music at all. I listen to the old country music. I think I've said that before. Uh, there was a something I was going to put up here. I started, I think. Uh, oh, Gavin Stutler. How much experience did Rule have before the season? You guys hired a novice that has zero experience in this area. Era, uh, Gavin. Everybody has zero experience in this era. This era has just begun, and next year it will be a brand new era. I mean, the transfer portal just began like what a year ago, and the Neil era just began a year ago. So, I if I assume that's what you're asking. Otherwise. Uh, Matt Rule has been around for a while. He's had stints at Temple and Baylor where he resurrected both those programs. Uh, he was the only guy to ever beat to Penn State from Temple. Uh, Baylor, he reached pinnacles after Art Bryles destroyed that program. We could go into the whole Art Bryles on the Oklahoma sideline thing this weekend, which was kind of stupid. But uh, I don't think we hired a novice. I think we have a, hired a guy that has a lot of experience in doing what we need to do, which is rebuild a program that's uh, become a piece of shit. It's really what it is. <clears throat> and Fred says, Gavin, stop it. Get help. There you go. Uh, let's see. Right. Uh, UMKC73 says rule says accountability comes in year three. I didn't read that, but <laughs> I'm sorry. I got sucked into the comment thing and <clears throat> okay. You're supposed to take over when I'm doing this, Todd. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> Yeah. Uh. No gods, no masters says, when does the sellout streak ne end? Never, never. It never ends. There you go. That's the answer to that because uh, we're going to be getting, you know what? We're going to get to a bowl game this year and uh, it will be fine in the long well, term. Oh, there you go. Sam Roberts golf said the best part of this whole situation I almost guarantee that then the year we'll beat Iowa. By then we should have all the turnover shit fixed. Yeah, we'll beat Iowa. We'll beat Iowa. 
Okay, Donnie says, when are we getting the truffle shuffle, Todd? You know what? Jack, legit leg kick guy, didn't show up. So he was the guy that asked for it. He's not here. So, Donnie, I'm sorry. I'm not sure what the truffle shuffle even is. It's a truffle shuffle, Todd. Here, do you want to see it? I think you get up and you just point at your butt and say, there you go, Colorado fans. There's my truffle shuffle. Okay. I, I don't really know what it is either. Okay, Alex Falls, Super Chat. Sims has dominated discussion, rightfully, but what have been notable or dare say even positive developments from the offense since last year? Go, Todd. Offensive line is better. Are they great? No, they're better. Uh, Gabe Irvin is, when he runs north and south, he is an effective ball carrier. Uh, I'm going to stop right there because I'm not sure I can come up with anything else. <laughs> you know, I think between week one and week two, you saw, I, I, I think that number one, we're running counter plays that I think can be very effective. And what you're seeing, what you're seeing is that the guys with their blocking are getting a little bit better. They, they, I think they, they huh, slow down. Definitely improve from week one to week two. Now, uh, Travis, come on. Travis Justice and Dr. Rob Zadiska have a video out where they break down one play where Gavin – or God, God. Gabe Irvin went for 22 yards, I think, and he could have broke it if Thomas Fedoni would have made one more block or would have made a block. And I think those plays, I think Haas called them bunch plays, I think we're better at. We're seeing our linemen move. We're seeing our linemen pull early, and I think that's good. Bryce Benhart, uh, somebody made the comment on our Slack that he is playing at the level of an NFL player, and that's pretty phenomenal. Now, is it showing in points? No, it's not showing in points because every time we get near the end zone, we give the other team the ball. It's not part of the game to give the other team the ball, at least when you want to be on the winning side. So we got to figure out that don't give the ball to the other team until you're standing in the end zone with the ball. The ref has put his hands in there like this, and then you could go, here's Sparky, I caught this ball, you can have it. Then you give the ref the ball, and then you get a 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty. Okay, yeah, was that good? I, was, yeah, that was, that was real good. Okay. Um, I hope that the offense – I hope the offense – can can iron out the mistakes because there is a better offense there. But if they can't get out of their way, it's going to be ugly. It's going to continue to be ugly. Jack the Ripper, whatever happened to the draw play, the play that uh, Sim scored on was a quarterback draw. You see it with I, quarterbacks. I, Rarely do you see it with running backs anymore. You don't even see it in the NFL with running I backs think much anymore. Oh, gosh, excuse me. I think the regular draw play has been replaced by a lot of other different options on the same concept. Like when we were in high school, the quarterback was taught, you know, now the quarterback, when he goes back to pass, he just holds the ball like he regularly does. When we were taught in high school, the quarterback would go back with the, with the ball higher so the defense would see he had the ball, and then he'd wait and hand it off on a draw. I don't think they do anything like that. But let's, let's face it, I mean – these offenses are way more advanced than anything. Uh, well, I realize it was decades ago that I ever saw in high school, but um, that, that was kind of a silly comment. 
they're a lot where they're what further down the line. Adam Martin says concerned. What did you do with my? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, concerned the defense will let down unless the offense improves soon. Um, you know, that's a challenge that the coaching staff has is to keep this team united. Um, you know, I, I, I think that the defense is going to play solid through the season. I, I, I just, I just got a feeling that there's a strong enough um, culture that's built with that team that, that they'll, they'll continue to work hard. Um, now, if, if the offense continues to throw games away, you know, that certainly could turn, but it's, it's going to be a challenge for the coaches to, to keep this team together. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Ted Hilker says Jay Foreman read my prediction on air today, six and six, six and six, I think is, you know, at this point it's good. If we start winning like the next four games, including Michigan, suddenly we'll all be like, wait, need need to go 10 and two. And then we'll be angry. We don't. That's who we are. Husker uh, Chuck says the offense has three problems. One, the quarterback, obvious. Two, left side of the O-line, particularly pass pro. Oh. And three, the wide receiver room was a uh, concern this year before we lost two of our four best. Yeah. yeah. You've nailed it, Husker Chuck. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that pretty much uh, uh, pretty much is right on the head. Uh, Fred Sacco, Super Chat. Apparently, CU, Colorado University, stole an Iowa cheerleader and ran her onto the field before the game, so I hear. You know, when Ralphie, the live Buffalo mascot, took the field, I looked at it and I thought, that Ralphie looks a lot smaller than the Ralphies I remember. It's a baby Ralphie. Is it? Yeah, it's a youngin'. Okay, because, you know, Buffaloes are giant freaking animals and uh, that one looks small <clears throat> okay uh, great great show today but i'm running out of english todd frank romano said d will be fine you have some older guys who want to play at the next level and we got great youth who can stay up per the game book the game book is the official document that's released that is um that contains the stats. Okay. So the game book showed, I believe that Nebraska had 29 players participate on defense, 29. So that that's a lot more than the 11 that you usually play. Yeah. Linda Wilkins, Todd, I hope you have not lost that loving feeling. No, I still got that loving feeling. Um, not sure. Not sure what it's directed at. Still love the Huskers. Still love them. Uh, two-year-old bison. Linda Wilkins, that was a two-year-old bison. Somebody said it was a – it's a buffalo. It's not a – it is a buffalo. It's a bison, not a buffalo. I don't know what the difference is. I sat that day out of my animal science. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Husker Chuck says, what is Prochaska's status? Corcoran played every offensive snap versus CU. Well, uh, he must not be ready to go yet. Um, Prochaska's number was called. Uh, He was the one that stuck his hand out 
on the sideline when uh, the Colorado player came over and drew the uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Um, so he 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 did uh, have a stat in the game. Uh, Allie Heller says, when did we get to see you at a home game? You know, I'm not sure if I'll be able to make it. I have to figure out. Um, well, number one, I hadn't planned anything because it's easier to do this stuff when I'm at home. And number two, right now, travel is hell. And number three, uh, getting up in the morning has been hell because my headaches are really incredibly powerful. Look what I did today, Todd. You see that? Yeah. Delta nine gummies. There you go. And uh, I went over and talked to this guy, you know, because marijuana is legal now in Minnesota. And I said, I have terrible headaches. And one of my drugs is having problems getting renewed. That helps. And I said, uh, he said, take like one quarter, a tiny bit of these, because I just want to microdose. I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be stoned. I, I tried that a little while ago and it sucked. I hated every bit of it. Andrew C says, can someone suggest that we run every play for a couple of series and just see what happens? I did suggest that. Apparently, it did not make its way to Coach Satterfield. But I, 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 did, I did make that suggestion. I think that uh, – I think we honestly – you mean run the same play for a couple of series? Oh, run. Run the ball. Run the damn ball. Oh, Okay. You mean run every play? Oh, okay. I met, when I read that, I, I said that we execute every play. Okay, let's move on. Aaron Drury says, uh, this whole fucking chat is pedantry. Yeah, well, pedantry you, buddy. Do you go to the... <laughs> no, I got nothing. I got nothing with that. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, Linnea says, run the damn ball. Fred with it. Okay. Oh, my God. Some of these comments. Uh, oh, God. There's some about Colorado. Hey, I got fans. one right here. Roger Moore. Okay. Option just once. They did. They ran an option once. Yeah. It was either in the first or second series. They ran it once. And uh, should have pitched the ball. Did not. Yeah, that's true. Speed option. Uh, yep. He wasn't under center. Uh, I would like to see them run maybe more of that. Maybe they're gun shy because of fumbling. I don't. Maybe maybe when you're an offensive coordinator and you like run some option plays and then you have like your Sunday morning, you know, you can't go to brunch with your other offensive coordinator buddies, but they probably have like some kind of FaceTime or Zoom meeting. And like some guy from, I don't know, from Georgia or something will look at Marcus Satterfield and go, you can run the option. huh? <laughs> and then offensive coordinators all feel bad about this because let's face it, they do some weird things like that three passes in a row thing at Minnesota or over the past, God knows how many years, how many times have we seen Nebraska have success at running the ball. And then suddenly we start throwing the ball. I think we did that in every Wisconsin loss ever. Now I get it. If you get behind, but for God's sakes, what do you think about this one, John? Don, Don Collins says, says, do you truth, want the offense is not a problem. The defense is strong. They only only the only only reason Nebraska's own two are the turnovers. All self-induced, that can be fixed. Well, I like the I like that's kind of uh <laughs> the words are going away. 
positive. That's what that is. The, the, that's kind of positive because it's, it says, you know, if we fix the turnout, I kind of believe that. I, th- I, I think that if you get, you know, his offense looks, I think, decent enough. They've, they've gained yardage. They've had over 200 yards running in each of the last two games. I mean, last year we only did that early in the season against not very good opponents. So I think if, you know, you can clean that up, that uh, Nebraska is going to be fine. Yeah, I I agree with that too, Don. And I guess maybe I haven't I, – I didn't articulate it as clearly as you have. Oh, Todd, we're past an hour. It's kind of gone fast. It has. There's a lot of people here. Jay Jasinski, not a fan of Dion. I guess I have some bitterness yet for Florida State. That's understandable. Here's the thing that I resent about this. I don't I don't hate Deion Sanders. I don't. But I'm I'm kind of getting there really quickly. Because you know, the whole disrespect thing, I know it's a thing they do, like we said earlier, but don't do it to my coach, Matt Rule, because he's a good guy and he's a respectful guy and he's the he's a guy who does things right. And I think if you're going to just put shit out there about him being disrespectful, it goes beyond just this is a stick that helps us get, uh, you know, motivated. Yeah, that's the part that irritates me. <laughs> do you have any closing remarks? Yeah, I, I, I do. Do you want to hear them? Oh, sure. We well, probably should be done because uh, I'm I'm running out of words here. I yeah, you know, we have Northern Illinois coming to town. Uh, night game, first game. Um, hopefully, the we see a healthy team out there. I I haven't heard anything on the injury front other than Sims, and they were really tight lipped about him. Um, but. You know, I'm, I'm going to be excited. Night games at Memorial Stadium are fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to being down there and, and watching it. Um, and, you know, if, if Nebraska wins this game and uh, then beats Louisiana Tech, you know, they'll be two and two headed against Michigan. Um, you know, people can say what they want to about what could happen during that game. But, you know, let's let's just see let's just see where the chips fall and um it's it's still too doggone early to give up on this team andy harris says at halftime that coach we should have hired urban meyer said nebraska is a good team that's not what he wrote there he said urban and i already said that andy (laughs) okay uh, Don Collins is going to finish this off with, y'all better get on board. There you go. And they, Well, okay. Yeah, Adam Martin says, coming back to the Sandhills anytime soon, Todd. Um, yeah. It'll be a little while yet. Um, probably in October I'll get up there, I think. I think. Um, we've kind of changed our travel schedule this year a little bit. I'm going to be spending a lot more time in uh, southern Nebraska and up in northeast Nebraska. Uh, okay. 
but I think that's going to do it. You know what? Thank you. There was over 300 people here at one point. We appreciate the support. It's always fun to talk with you guys about Husker football. I obviously don't get out much. I guess I got out to the Minnesota game last week. <laughs> I don't get out a lot. Uh, so it's fun for me. I enjoy these and I enjoy talking to Todd. You know, at least we have this moment in our lives. So there you go. <laughs> Northern Illinois coming up and we didn't even talk about them, which means I probably should do a video or something about Northern Illinois. Okay. Anything else from you, Todd? I got nothing, John. Okay. Good night, Todd. Good night, John.